Happy New Year, and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. From all of us here at the Diction Police, I want to wish everyone a happy, healthy, and successful 2018. For our complete catalog of transcriptions and translations, as well as text readings and full tutorials like this, or for more information about my partner in crime, François Germain, and me, please visit DictionPolice.com. You can also follow the Diction Police on Facebook or Twitter at Diction Police. We're starting off this year with Claire de Lune, a poem by Paul Verlaine that has been set by many composers, including Debussy and Fauré. Claire de Lune comes from Paul Verlaine's set of poetry entitled Fête Galante. The text is full of symbolist imagery, with fountains sobbing and birds dreaming, with singing mingling with moonlight. Verlaine's Fête Galante took its inspiration from the paintings of Watteau, who invented the genre of Fête Galante in art, setting beautiful, idyllic scenes in a Rococo style. Votre âme est un paysage choisi que vont charmants masques et bergamasques, jouant du luth et dansant, et quasi triste sous leur déguisement fantasque. Tout en chantant sur le mode mineur l'amour vainqueur et la vie opportune, ils n'ont pas l'air de croire à leur bonheur, et leurs chansons se mêlent au clair de lune. Au calme clair de lune triste et beau, qui fait rêver les oiseaux dans les arbres et sangloter d'extase les jets d'eau, les grands jets d'eau sveltes parmi les marbres. With Claire de Lune, I thought it would be interesting to talk about U's because we have the U in pretty much every configuration that we can find a U in the French language in this piece. Absolutely, they, they do appear in, in pretty much all the different sounds that can be made from the U letter. So if we just start with the plain old letter U when it appears and it's the strong vowel. Yes, so like in the title, Claire de Lune, this U in this case becomes the lowercase y. It's one of the three mixed vowels in French, and it is usually the trickiest one to, to get right, mostly for English native speakers. So just maybe to review quickly how, yeah. how you get to that vowel. Yes. A mixed vowel is comprised of two parts, the inner shape of one vowel and the lip shape of another vowel. In this case, the inner shape is of the vowel E, lowercase i, mm -hmm. and the outer shape is that of U vowel. U, the, yes. the actual U phonetic letter. The phonetic U which in French is a very rounded vowel. Mm -hmm. And I, I find that the main difficulty for English speakers is to round the lips enough. Appropriately. Appropriately. Because in English, lips are not all that active. Yeah. So it can be tricky to get the lips to round to the OO without creating tension. But if they're not rounded enough, then the OO won't sound round enough. Exactly. So the way you uh, approach the lowercase Y from this is by starting on the E and then rounding your lips to the OO without moving the E shape inside. E e exactly. Mm -hmm. It's advisable to do this in front of a mirror to really make sure that nothing moves that should not be moving. So that the jaw isn't getting involved. The jaw should not get involved. You can even probably see inside there and check that the tongue is not doing anything funny. 
so that it stays, everything stays in place and it's really just the lips that are working. That vowel sound happens in a few other words in the, in the piece. So we have lune of the title, mm-hmm. and then we have du lute in the first stanza, opportune in the second stanza, oh, and right before that we also have sur le mode mineur, then opportune, and uh, I believe that might be it. I think that's it for all of those. Great. So when we have the U followed by an N, when we have a U with an in a nasal situation. Yes. In the first line of the, the poem here, votre âme est un paysage. That U-N, the indefinite article in French. So it's it's actually a, a very common little word. Yeah. It just means a, a landscape. This also is a tricky sound with the U. The O-E nasal is probably the, the hardest one of the, the nasal vowels. And it's the one that also doesn't appear in normal common speech nowadays, right? Right. It's been lost in spoken French and replaced by the open E nasal. Yeah. So instead of saying un paysage, I would say un paysage. Right. It's a subtle difference, but it's, it is still there. And I think it's important to really make sure the O-E nasal is formed properly just to really enjoy the richness of the language. And interestingly enough, we go from one mixed vowel of the U, and actually it changes to a completely different mixed vowel to be a nasal, too. Exactly, and I think the fact that this nasal is based on a mixed vowel is where the difficulty lies. However, I think if you really focus on what you should be focusing on with the nasal vowel, which is to say the actual vowel and not the nasal part of it, right? then it becomes a little bit easier. So what, what you should really be doing with this UN word is first establish a clear OE. So maybe there's just the same way we reviewed the U, we can review the Ex- OE mixed vowel. Exactly. In this case, we have the inside shape of an open E and the lip shape of an open O. So we go from and then we round our lips to O. Which is the open O. The open O, mm-hmm. yes. So we go from E, E, and again, the inside of the mouth doesn't move, the tongue doesn't do anything. And the jaw doesn't move. And the jaw doesn't move, and just the lips rounding to the open O position. Once you have that sound, you can do one of two things. One is add a little bit of nasality to it, which is to say that you, you will let some of the air go through the through the nasal cavity. Mm-hmm. Or actually, at, in most cases, not do really anything at all. And I think So it, really almost not make it a nas- nasal I, feeling you, at all. Right. In singing. In, in speech, you have to nasalize. I cannot just say, votre âme est un paysage. Right. It doesn't really work. But in singing, if you just trust that OE and just sing a pure OE, and in the case like this, it will actually work just because of the amount of resonance that happens in the nasal cavity anyway. Right. Just as one makes vocal production. Right. This being said, if if a coach or a teacher tells you, well, you know, your nasal is not quite reading well, or I don't really understand that, maybe you might want to do a little bit more nasality on that vowel. So that's a matter of subtle gauging of, of what's right. Exactly. U functions with a lot of vowels, but it also functions with a couple of consonants. We see this actually in this piece, we have tons of Q U's. I would say 99% of the time, Q happens with the U in French. Yeah. Um, in fact, if you're a Scrabble player, you will know all the words that don't use the U with the Q. Because yes. in Scrabble in French, the Q is worth 10 points. Right. And also in English. <laughs> and if you if you don't have a U, then you're really stuck. Yes. Uh, so there are a few words in French that don't require the U after the Q, but they're very rare and they're really not. Common in an art song at all. I was just going to say, they probably do not appear very often Absolutely in, in not. poetry. Absolutely not. So basically, you can just assume that if you have a Q, you will have a U. 
And so in this case, the U doesn't really do anything to that Q. It just, the, the Q is a K sound, and that's just a matter of spelling. It's, so it's, it's always going to be a, a phonetic K. It's always a phonetic K, and it's really, I think, a, a matter of phonetic convention. Yeah. What's important is to remember, and in and, and this case, actually, we have a word here, casitrista. That was one that when I look at, I think some people will probably think of the Italian and try to say quasi. Exactly. And you really shouldn't. The, the Q-U in French is not K-W like it would be in Italian. And it's also not a K-V like it would be in German. Exactly. So it's not quasi. It's not quasi. It's really quasi, like uh, just a K. So we have a few words here. We have que, masque, bergamasque, quasi, fantasque. Vainqueur and qui. Which to me is another one. When you see Q-U-I, it's also very easy to think Italian and say qui. But it actually means the same thing as the word qui in Italian. Exactly. So we would pronounce them the same. It's a homonym, yes. basically, across the languages. Yes, it's just a different spelling. Exactly. So it's, in Italian it would be C-H-I and in French it will be Q-U-I. Yeah. One little note about the K sound in French one has to be careful to not blow too much air through that consonant. Okay. As with all consonants in French, really. German natives and English natives will tend to have a lot of explosion ex happening with the consonant and, yeah. and make it sound like a K. An aspirate consonant. Yeah, a really aspirate consonant. Yeah. So it, it, it's not really K. It would have to be K. In this sense, it's also similar to the Italian treatment of the K sound. Right, so it's really just a matter of the tongue and the soft palate meeting and coming apart again. Yes, Without blowing air through Without that blowing air through process. It. We also have a U after a G. Yes, so it looks very similar to the Q-U. In this case, it's the G-U. And the word here is déguisement, at the, the end of the first stanza. In this case, the U serves to harden a G that would have been soft because of the following vowel, which is in, in this case is the I. So we, when you're saying soft, we're meaning a G that would have become J. Exactly. G in French can be either G, or je. If G is in front of A, O, and U, it mm -hmm. will be G. If G is followed by E or an I, it will sound je, like we have here in the first line, paysage. But if you have G, U in front of I or E, then it becomes G again. So it's, it hardens it up just like the H would in Italian. Exactly. So like I said, the U also functions with a lot of vowels, and we have most of those here. Mm -hmm. So why don't we start with AU? AU is O, like we have an O calme clair de lune exactly. in the last stanza. And actually at the end of that sentence we have another one which is EAU. And EAU is O as well, so both are closed O. Are they always closed? Yes. Okay, because we also, we see more of this E-A-U in this last stanza. Yes, E-A-U is a common um, common ending in French. Both A-U and E-A-U are common. Mm -hmm. So we have beau, oiseau, and O. So léger d'eau. Yes, closed O. One thing to note about the A-U and E-A-U ending is that the plural is an X. Like we have like here. Like we have les oiseaux. The mark of the plural here is X and not S as it usually is in French. And that's another spelling rule that one has to know. Yeah. While we're there, we have that liaison with les oiseaux. Les oiseaux, yes, of course. And this is very straightforward liaison between the plural article and the plural noun. Right. It's a case of a mandatory liaison. Mm -hmm. The next one we should talk about, I think, is the OU. Mm -hmm. OU in French is the phonetic U. 
and IPA. So it's the sound U that we were talking about earlier. So just to be clear, when you see just the letter U, it's the lowercase y phonetically. Right. But when you're looking to make the phonetic U, you actually need OU. Exactly. You have to know if you're talking about spelling here or about a, a phonetic transcription. Exactly. If you see a phonetic transcription that's a U, that will be the sound U, and that is spelled O-U in French. So in this piece, we have sou, l'amour, and jouant. And for me, the jouant is a, is a very important one because right after it, we have du lutte. We yes. have the lowercase y sound. Exactly. So whenever you have ou and u in close proximity, you have to make sure that they're both uh, well established. Um, because as, as we said earlier, u has a component of ou in it. Right. So if you're not really clear on establishing the ou and then really establishing the e shape for the u, they, they tend to, to not read properly. So in this case, first it's jouant, and then you can use actually that first shape of ou, but you have to put an e into it to get du lutte. Exactly. And the last combination we have is eu. Yes. Eu is phonetic oe or phonetic o slash okay. in French spelling. And is there a way we can know which one it is? Not really. We just have to look them up? You have to look them up. Okay. That would be my advice. <laughs> in this case, the words we have here are all instances of OE. Okay. So the, that nasal vowel we encountered earlier uh, when we were talking about the UN sound. Mm -hmm. And they are leur, mineur, and vainqueur. This OE sound is also a sound that we come across a lot because the French schwa built on that sound, right? Yes, exactly. The French schwa is always the same sound as OE. It's just a non-accented version of that sound, and that's why we make the distinction between OE and schwa, but it's it's the same sound. If you have leur followed by a schwa, you can stay on the same vowel. Okay. In fact, we do have that case here when you say sur le mode mineur. So we keep coming back to that uh, Exactly. Sound. Le, de, mineur. We mm. have uh, three times in a row, which is always really nice to uh, to notice because it helps putting some sense in this flurry of French vowels. Yeah. So that's all that we have of the letter U, but we do have a few special diction points in this text. One of the craziest ones is in the last line of it with the word for svelte. Yes. I would say in English as svelte. Because I've seen this now, I've looked this up in three dictionaries, four dictionaries, and I've found two different answers. Yes, so when you look this word up, you can either find svelte with an, with, S. With an S, unvoiced, or you can find svelte with a, Z phonetically. with a Z phonetically. So they're essentially both correct. Now, when you do a little survey of traditional art song singers uh, and sort of the big names in the French repertoire, right. what you'll notice is that in those as well, there is, there is a mix of the two. Sort like, of half and half. Interestingly, some singers use a really frank S sound, some singers use a very really frank Z sound, mm -hmm. and there are several of them that actually use kind of an in-between. Yeah, sort of like a half-voiced consonant a, a, almost. A, a very soft Z sound. The Jedos Welt. Yeah. Which is, it's really kind of in-between, and I that's sort of what I would prefer, personally. I would I would go for that, because I think svelte and svelte draw a little bit too much attention to the initial consonant right. and, and go a little bit against the uh, the meaning of the word, which means slender. Right. So we kind of want to think about a slender consonant to, to get into the word. Yeah. 
And the other diction point that I wanted to make is these these are these open articles L E S. Yes, like les oiseaux, the plural. The plural article in French. The thing to note about them is that in spoken French, they have become a closed vowel. Mm -hmm. So les oiseaux, in proper lyric diction and theatrical French, they have to be an open vowel. Les oiseaux. So, so if when we have je, they should be the same vowel. Les yes, je. les je do, exactly. Okay. Uh, you stay on that open e. And the last little thing here I think that's interesting in the song and draws uh, attention to an issue that one has to be aware of in some cases. It is what I would call involuntary meaning. Okay. So here we have, and, and I'll explain. Uh, <laughs> yes, in, the, in the first stanza, we have the third verse that reads, Jouant du lutte et dansant. Um, and here we would actually say the T. This is not a yeah, liaison. Lutte, no, it's not a liaison. Lutte um, is the way you pronounce the word. Lutte, the, the T is not silent. So if, if, you, if you're singing this with your best legato, you will say lutte dansant. Because we always want to put the consonant on the next syllable. Exactly. So you make sure you sing on the vowel as long as you possibly can, and mm -hmm. you send whatever consonant you have at the beginning of the next syllable. Mm -hmm. So, lutte dansant. However, in French, a, a thé dansant is something else. It, it's what in English apparently is called a dancing tea. A dancing tea. Yes, which is uh, <laughs> it's an old-fashioned kind of uh, dance party that usually happens at tea time where tea it, is served. I was just going to say, they probably serve tea. <laughs> yes, and by extension, it, it, it has also become the name of the place where those dances used to happen. And thé dansant can be the place where you go to... Like a party hall. Yes, it's like a party hall, but it happens at tea time. So, okay. <laughs> basically the point I'm trying to make here is that if you're following all the traditional rules of French diction and legato, you might end up with this involuntary thing that will sound like you're saying thé dansant in the middle of that poem. By saying thé dansant. yes. So I think what's important here is to try and keep the legato going, obviously, mm -hmm. but also maybe focus a little bit on word grouping. And so here we have, I think, two groups in that the beginning of that verse. We have jouant du lutte is one thing, and then et dansant is another thing. So we, we sort of want to separate the concepts of the words. Yes, and I think it's, it's more something to think about that it's something to actually do. Okay. It's, it's something to just have in your mind rather than actually be proactive about. If you actually separate them, you will end up with a glottal. It, I was just going to say and that because it's and, like German, then we need the glottal between right, the But in French, we don't have glottals. A way to do this is just sort of very gently rearticulate that E at E dansant. Jouant du lutte et dansant. So almost as though you really stop lutte et dansant, yes. as though it's a completely different phrase. But without really disconnecting them. Okay. So it's, it's. I mean, we're talking about something very, very subtle here, but one has to be careful with these uh, details, and especially when they might cloud the understanding of the text. Sometimes if you're not careful, certain things will jump out of the, the text, and it will make it hard to understand what you're actually singing about. Francois had recommended finding vowels that keep coming back in regards to the verse sur le mode mineur, which keeps coming back to that OE phonetic sound. And I would take that advice one step further. Sometimes, though vowels may appear very far apart, in reality, they're much closer than they seem. Take the word vainqueur. 
The first syllable of this word is built on the open e nasal. The second is built on the open oe, which, as Francois told us, is formed with the open e in the back of the mouth and the open o in the front. This means that they both have the open epsilon position e in common. I would use Francois's practice of forming the vowel in the back and then modifying the front as necessary. Start from e and add the nasal quality e, vin. Then start again from e and round the lips for the mixed vowel e, coeur, vin, coeur. The same exercise works for votre médecin paysage and ils n'ont pas l'air de croire in the first with a nasal sound over the oe and in the second just from an open epsilon e to the mixed vowel oe not every line has a phonetic sound that it keeps coming back to as clearly as these examples but there are still a few places that we can check in to be sure that we're really making the same phonetic sound when we should be. At the end of the first stanza, we have déguisement fantasque. In spite of the difference in spelling, the syllables M-E-N-T-S and F-A-N are both the nasal A sound, as in the following line, enchantant. Here, we have three A nasals in a row. The easiest way to find these repeated vowels is to practice the entire song only on vowels. Then moments like enchantant, en, become very obvious. That way, you'll be more likely to sing the same vowel and not to allow the intervening consonants to change your position. We mentioned that the K sound in French is an unaspirated sound. Unlike German and English, most Romance languages have softer, unaspirated stop plosive consonants like K, P, or T. There's an easy way to check if you're exploding too much air with these consonants. Hold a piece of paper, a finger, or even a lit candle in front of your mouth as you pronounce these sounds. If the paper moves, the flame flickers, or if you feel breath on your finger, you're using too much air. Votre âme est un paysage choisi Que vont charmants masques et bergamasques Jouant du luth et dansant Et quasi triste sous leur déguisement fantasque, tout en chantant sur le mode mineur. L'amour vainqueur et la vie opportune. Ils n'ont pas l'air de croire à leur bonheur. Et leurs chansons se mêlent au clair de lune. Au 
calme, clair de lune, triste et beau, qui fait rêver les oiseaux dans les arbres et sangloter d'extase les jets d'eau, les grands jets d'eau sveltes parmi les marbres. This interview with François Germain was conducted by Ellen Rissinger. Translation and phonetic guide by François Germain. This has been the Diction Police Special Diction Unit, a production of Singing Diction GBR.